This week's episode is brought to you by none other than... I know it's strange, but my brain's gone really insane And I'm off the chain, sipping on a fifth for the golden grain I feel like slapping a nigga today Slapping a nigga today I feel like slapping a nigga today Find out what happens, what happens when people stop being flat. Start getting. thankful to have you here the reason that i wanted to start the episode off with that kind of energy is because as most of you did i think 1.7 million uh that were on ig last week watching the versus battle with jeezy and uh gucci i wanted to talk about what i considered the fuck shit of why all of this happened and i know i get it a lot of people are probably not gonna like my perspective about this Frankly, I don't care. <sighs> um, I feel like really often we like to hype up beef and tension between people. We want to see that tension and we want to see it kind of end in some kind of fight. But at what point is that really worth it? So we put on a dog and pony show for the rest of the world to see. And specifically black people we have this image in the media where we're unruly where we're thugs we're all of this shit that's negative and why do we play up that image just for views versus has been dope and i mean the whole thing has been dope with the exception of i want to say um scott storch and i believe manny fresh when manny was kind of dissing him a lot We haven't really seen a lot of that energy where it's really adversarial. Originally, it was going to be T.I. versus Jeezy. T.I. and Jeezy have a good relationship. I'm not going to say they're the best of friends, but they're cool. And they certainly talk enough where they could have put on a great performance. We all would have been happy. It would have been a lot of one-on-one. I'm assuming a lot of trap music. Tip got hits for days. And so knowing that, somebody decided to say you know what we need to do something for the culture the culture needs to see gucci versus jeezy and i'm gonna keep it a buck right i've never been the biggest gucci fan um i know he got a couple bangers out there but lyrically you know me i'm a lyrics guy he never really fit that for me so while we've seen like this transformation and you know what I'm saying, Gucci get into great shape, Gucci get his teeth right, he looked like a different dude after he came out of jail, got married, and seemed to be going a different path. Now, the shit that I saw last week was a nigga that was a highly disrespectful and acting like an 18, 19 year old popping off. And I'm not going to excuse Jeezy. Um, Because, again, there's a lot of stuff that happened behind the scenes that I'm personally not aware of. I don't follow it enough to know. But what I do know is that what you're not going to do is sit here and disrespect me in my face, dog. Like, I'm highly surprised some shit didn't pop off. And I think that tension is part of why people were tuning in. So I look at a situation from, like, both Swizz 
and Tim to be like, yo, why do you need this for your platform? You've shown that your platform does numbers when people just have a good time. We got to see people that are great. We got to see the Patti LaBelle's and, you know what I'm saying, the Gladys Knights, and they can kind of go back and forth and have a good time. We saw that the weird energy and tension from, like, Brandy and Monica. Like, you can tell when they've pipped two people against each other for so long, sometimes that shit doesn't go away. My personal favorite versus was the Jada Kiss and Fab joint. Jada knew from, like, a hit standpoint, Fab would wash him. He got all of the hits with the ladies. He would get washed. But Jada kept it in a spot like, yo, you know what? I got these bars and the streets love me. I can spit all day long. He had the greatest time and basically hosted the show. And this is why, as a hip-hop fan, I was loving it. So when you have these kind of situations where now Gucci is taking shots and dissing this nigga every song, I don't know if that's what we came here to see. And maybe some people did. People like the tension, right? But the tension isn't what makes verses good. I'm going to keep it a buck. I'm a big, a much bigger like Jeezy fan. Gucci won that shit, in my opinion, just because he actually played hits that it wasn't just the same. Like, everybody probably has the exact same concern when it comes to Jeezy. 101 was fire. No one is touching Thug Motivation 101. Problem is, Thug Motivation 101 dropped like 15 years ago. He basically played half the fucking album. That's a lot of time not to have a hit. And the other real elephant is that a lot of times Jeezy on some of his hot tracks got killed by other people. I was listening to Put On the other day. And this is, yes, Kanye with the auto-tune, but Kanye ripped that shit. He honestly made the song. So when you have these situations and you sitting here thinking like, damn, Jeezy really didn't have a lot to come with. Gucci got hits. Gucci's like, yo, play my new shit. Stop playing this old shit. He had a point. Jeezy's last big hit was probably the shit with Bankroll Fresh, and that shit came out in like 2015, 2016. And so like, we certainly want to celebrate the past, and I never want to take that from somebody. But Jeezy's supposed to be a relevant artist even now. He's always struggled with being relevant because we haven't believed in the music post 101. Like, 102 was cool. The recession was I. TM103 was dope-ish. But he doesn't have a lot of songs and stuff that you're sitting here thinking like, yo, I can't wait to hear my next Jeezy verse. And not to say the same for Gucci. I mean, uh, what was it off the Mr. Davis project? Like Migos ripped that track that he wanted to play. I get it, but the song still went. So as much as I like the celebration of music and the grown up moments from it, one, I don't think that it was real. Like, I don't think that there's no reconciliation that happened between the two of them Two. I don't think that you need to televise that kind of tension because it does nothing but show people like, yo, it's cool to be a knucklehead. At this point in our lives, we're all trying to tell people to do better. Yeah, I I applaud Jeezy for ignoring most of that shit. But at the end of the day, they put on a show that was a clown show. And what was the point? 
I could have banged TM one on one in my like in my house. I think I did after that because I'm like, yo, let me go back and listen to Jeezy. Just some thoughts to deal with, man. Like, we gotta stop doing this to each other. I've been put against people who have been in my circle and see seen that weird tension build to something else. So why do we continue to per, like perpetuate this with all of the people as if you know fighting is cool? Like at damn near forty years old, I ain't trying to fight nobody. I'm not a bitch, but I ain't no punk. But at the same time, I got too much shit to lose. I just want to play basketball, chill with whoever I want to, enjoy family life, do some fun shit, and that's kind of it. I ain't got time to worry and look over my shoulder because I got beef with you over something that like I ain't even do or something that somebody started just because they just because they thought that something was funny. I don't know what the the beginning of the tension between Gucci and Jeezy was. Not my business, nor do I really care. I just don't think that that's something that we should be televising. Like they always say, the revolution will not be televised. Cool, but we televise all the fuck shit that we shouldn't. All of the things that are popular are things that tends to show us in the worst possible light. The days of the, the Cosby show, of Family Matters, and having this good, wholesome image of black people is long gone. Now it's the, I'm a basketball wife. Salute to them. Like, I'm not knocking you, but the biggest episodes of that are when they're fighting. It's Real Housewives of uh, Atlanta. The biggest episodes are when they're fighting. Love and Hip Hop. The biggest episodes are when they're fighting. Yeah, it's real life. But the problem is, it's not really real. They set these situations up just for drama. This was another one of those. I'm just happy nobody lost their life. But the way that they all went to compound afterwards, somebody got fucking corona anyway. And that's all I got to say about that. Um, I had, lo- I had written out this long like rant that I was going to go on. And I was going to talk about how people are complaining about not being paid for their work. As a regular person, part-time creative, we often hear, like, you know, creatives aren't really paid. Give us what we're due. And while I understand that from an element as somebody who hopes to get paid very well at some point for what I consider my craft, on the flip side, I'm always just like, yo, you signed a contract. That was before I listened to or watched uh, Dave Chappelle's latest release. It's called Unforgiven. Some of the stuff that I took from it, um, if I'm being honest, is that a lot of times people in various circles will always tell you about how great something is for you. You sign up for that thing and then you realize just how bad it is and you're not paid your worth. I will give you an example. As a person, uh, I used to make a really, really good salary at a job. I decided to leave this company because I was in pursuit of bigger things. I thought that I needed a name behind me, so working for a smaller company didn't seem like it would get me to where I wanted to go. Like I wanted to work for Google or Microsoft or something else. And all of these big names sound cool. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take my talents to Deloitte. 
Deloitte wasn't willing to pay me what I was making at my previous employer. I took a pay cut to the tune of about $40,000. I remember before my grandmother dying, I didn't tell her how much money I was taking away, but she said, I don't know if I like the idea of you leaving your company for another job. And me being a know-it-all, nah, granny, like everybody says it's a great move. You know, I'm going to go work at this company. I'm going to springboard from that. And I'm going to go and get these things and I'm going to be successful and it's going to be amazing. Problem is, five years later, I'm still chasing after the, the money that I left on the table before because Deloitte convinced me like, you know, we can't pay you what you're worth, but we'd like you to come in at this number. If you just literally think about the amount of money that I would have made if I had stayed at my previous company and you multiply that by five since that's how many years ago I left, it's $200,000 in money that I've lost since then. I don't know about you, but as a normal person, I don't see me making that shit back up. That's the story that hit me, hit with me when I listened to Dave Chappelle. And he talked about how all of these people in the room told him that it was a good idea to do this. It would be great. Cool, he'll sign a deal. Now he can't even make another show using his own name because his name and likeness is owned in perpetuity by the people at Comedy Central. It's crazy to me that a lot of times we sign deals under duress where your employer knows that you need to work and you sign over your rights. I will work for you. They ate up all of your free time. And I'm not talking about like, you know, like the stuff that you're doing nine to five. One of the best things about the pandemic is the amount of time that we've all gotten back. It went from, you know what? Now it's like I got to work eight hours a day plus, you know, potentially commute an hour each way. So that's 10 hours, however long it took me to get up in the morning and get ready. So let's say that that's 35, 40 minutes. You're talking 12 hours a day are dedicated to something else that's not about you. Pandemic hits. Everybody has to work from home. Guess what now? Oh, my God. Eight hours work. It took me five minutes to brush my teeth wash my face and sit in front of my computer. I now just got, you know, two hours and 55 minutes back of time to do whatever the fuck I want to do. Only on a town hall call for, for my program, we were told yesterday that our management thinks that it's a good idea and that we're going to lose company culture if we work remotely. She specifically used Yahoo as an example as if Yahoo wasn't on the way down before like the new CEO came in and said, you know what? I want people to work uh, in the office now. All this remote work is killing our company culture. No, Yahoo was dying already. And as you see, Yahoo doesn't really exist. They sold it off and sold all of the stuff for parts and they're no longer a player in the market. Yeah, you can go to yahoo.com. They do fantasy sports, but they don't do any updates because I think they're just owned by Verizon. It is what it is. But so often people tell you that these things are good for you. And a lot of times, like personally, they're not. They're good for them. 
I know for a fact the amount of work that I do at work is worth way more than they pay me. I see the numbers. I'm a contractor. I know what I'm paid per hour versus what I make for the company per hour. This is what Dave Chappelle feels. Ultimately, he left the show because he was unhappy with the product and the way that he was being portrayed and how people found things funny that he didn't think were supposed to be funny. And then it was about the money. I'm sure if he would have got the bag up front, he would have been way more apt to stand on and doing some work. But because, you know, they did the business thing, they sent him in a room with a bunch of people, knew that he was broke and took advantage of him. He didn't want to continue to do that. And as a person, I literally can relate that to each and every one of us. The way that capitalism works is that it has to take advantage of somebody. Usually it's the worker. It's the low guy on the totem pole. Now, you know, all of us are sitting here like, yo, we're middle management or maybe we're not. I'm not an executive level person yet. Maybe some of my friends are. They get they're paid really, really well. But nobody is getting paid what they're worth. Remember, and I heard this first on the Jalen and Jacoby podcast years ago. You are not paid what you're worth. You're only paid what you have the ability to negotiate. So going forward, make sure you negotiate the shit out of all of your deals to make sure that they always, and I mean always, work in your favor. Because people aren't going to give you anything. You frankly just got to take it. So while I want to kind of bid everybody a great holiday weekend, this episode will drop the, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Black Friday's coming up. I hope everybody has like a happy holiday. It's a different time this year. You're not able to chill with family the same way that you're used to. I'm sure people are going to shop because they're going to have these deals. Save your money. Like I get it. Kids want gifts. Get your kids something. But like me as a person ain't really shit that I need at this point. People are asking me like, oh, so what do you want for Christmas this year? Nothing. I got everything. Just let me keep my health. You know what I want? The pandemic to fucking be over and so I can get into this basketball gym and light somebody up for a little bit just to get off some frustration. But since I can't have that, I'm just going to wish for everybody else to be at peace. We need some good in the world. Maybe it's time that all of us are a little less selfish. This has been Darrell. Thank you guys for joining me. I say the same thing every week. Ball players on a rap. Rappers on a ball. My name is Darrell of the Rail World, and hopefully I'll see you guys next week. Episode 8 in a row coming. Peace.